Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. HD Smartcast you're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to the HD Branch podcast, the weekly companion to your printed copy of HD Branch, where I, your host Karishma Kunzang from Team Branch, give you a behind the scenes of what you'll be reading on Sunday. There'll be interviews with the biggest Bollywood celebrities talking about things that matter to them. You'll also get to know a little more about the columns by Veer Sangli and Seema Goswami from the columnists themselves. Why should you listen to it? Well, it's one of India's top Sunday magazines. It has the best editors, columnists and opinion leaders bringing you what's happening around town. Listen on for an additional dose of brunch. This series is available on hdsmartcast.com, India's fastest-growing podcast-producing platform. Hi guys, how's it going? I remember my social media debut. It was on High Five and it caused a lot of fights, scandals and heartbreak as you could give tags like crush and brother to people. And then came Awkward, uh, which had much less fluff before Facebook reconnected me with lost friends and family members from around the world. But Instagram was the game changer, a platform many have asked me to upload all my stories on, but I'm just busy being a lazy bum about it. (laughs) But uh, unlike authors and last week's HD Brunch cover stars Rehana Munir, Richa Mukherjee and Anmol Malik, who penned down their social media and internet musings during the lockdown for the edition. In conversation with me, the three authors talk about their social media debuts, their lockdown learnings and their favourite place to write. Rihanna, Rachan, and Mol, and welcome to the HD Branch podcast. Congratulations on your HD Branch cover. What have the reactions been like? Uh, let's begin with Richa. Uh, it's been fantastic, Karishma. Firstly, I think a big thanks and hugs to you guys for helping us, drawing us out of our uh, little uh, holes and getting us uh, out into the air and you know making us remember that there are people and that there's work can happen in the outside. Uh, so it was a fantastic shoot. I don't think we were easy subjects to shoot. Uh, and we, I think our photographer, uh, Prabhat Shetty, was a little perturbed, but it was absolutely fun. And uh, as far as the reaction is concerned, there's nothing better to wake up to than, like I said, I posted about it that I'm, I was just sitting and casually sitting and having my poha. And honestly, I forgot it was coming out that day. And uh, that smack of pride and, you know, seeing it on a publication that you've admired for years There's nothing quite like it. I think the sales marginally uh, went up that day because all my relatives and friends were dashing out for their copies, even if they didn't subscribe to it. So uh, it was absolutely fantastic. And my uh, daughter refused to join her online school because she was just beaming with a copy. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. A lot of people have been writing in as well. And uh, I'm going to have this Cheshire 
you know, cat grin on my face for a while and all thanks to that cover. That's lovely to know. That's great. What about you, Rehana? I'm glad to hear of Richa's reaction because I remember that day in the studio and we were all a little bit uh, out of our depth, uh, being writers who are not typically uh, very camera friendly, <laughs> unless these are these so-called candid pictures that we all now put on our Instagram. <laughs> but uh, the, the responses have been good. People have been, uh, since I do write uh, a column for HD Branch, uh, uh, the readers who are used to a particular kind of writing, I think, have written and responded to this. The theme uh, really resonated with a lot of young readers and even older readers for that matter, uh, because it was it echoed so many of our sentiments, right? What you do with this beast called social media. And um, I think it gave me a chance to reflect on my own uh, slightly uh, complicated relationship with the medium. And uh, the responses have been very heartening. Uh, people have uh, reflected on their own uh, rapport with social media and uh, so on. So, so great fun. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good, happy response. All right. Fantastic. And Anmol, uh, what has the reaction been at your end? You saw your dad had uh, reposted it. <laughs> because HD Branch is something I've religiously read for the last five years. Um, and it, it feels like a dream to be, you know, somewhat dead in that magazine, you know, just writing something, being interviewed there just always feels like a dream because come on, <laughs> in what universe do I get to be on a cover? That is ridiculous. And suddenly on that Sunday, finally, when I did have the copy in my hands and I did see my face plastered there, um, I was firstly gobsmacked that Prabhat Samiras look so good. <laughs> And I think my dad was taken completely off guard. Tell us about your social media debut. Uh, what year was it? What platform was it? And who do you follow uh, on Twitter or uh, Instagram, you know, to kind of read their posts, not look at their pictures, to kind of read what they've written. Um, let's begin with Rihanna this time. Yeah, so I think like most of us, I began with Facebook, uh, considering it came first. And, uh, you know, now when I see those Facebook memories, it kind of reminds you of how vague and bewildered one was by the whole thing. I just don't understand what I was trying to say. You know, I think at that point, we all had a vague notion that people are sitting in our heads and they understand exactly all our references and all the anecdotes, you know, that these statuses come out of. You know, because they, they had that little line, I don't know if it's still there. What are you thinking, Rehana? And I thought, you know, I'll very obediently uh, type out what I'm thinking and the whole world, you know, and everyone in the world will read it and uh, they'll understand me exactly in the way I want to be understood. So, of course, those notions have been disabused over the years. Uh, I did begin with Facebook for, for very many years. That has been my uh, dominant, you know, social media playground or battlefield for whichever you look at it. Um, <laughs> Twitter, I find to be a bit uh, hectic. I still don't really get it. And uh, Instagram is new, as I wrote for the for the cover story. Um, it's it's new, but it's fun. It's good to have a book out there that you can sort of sometimes hide behind <laughs> and you know post about that. So that's basically been my social media journey so far. All right, all right. And Richa, what about you? So I agree with the Rehana Karishma. Initially, it was um, you know the happy sweet world of Facebook. You know, you go on a holiday, you post a couple of pictures. There are there used to be this game where people used to throw sheep at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so there was yeah. bizarre things happening in the online world. And, you know, there was this, uh, there was 
it, it was an interesting space to be in and which could help you connect with not just your you know friends and family but you know you you can you can filter who you want to be friends with and it was this controlled sweet happy place and you just put your photographs when you when you want to right there was nothing frenetic about it and it was it was up to you uh when i started uh, writing and when i had decided that i have you know my new purpose is to write and be an author uh, i was told that i need to be on twitter i need to be on instagram and uh, that scared the bejesus out of me because um, i had no idea what i was dealing with and there were these communities and these hashtags for the first one month i was just terrified by hashtags i knew anything you said you write a hashtag and i was just like you know what sorcery is this i've landed up in this space and everybody seems to be talking about the same thing so it was uh, it was a strange world but uh, i realized the necessity so from a, a time point in time where i had absolutely no idea what i was doing i learned uh, that twitter was a pay place which was for uh, uh, conversations which was for opinions and then i understood that instagram was mostly uh, primarily a visual space you know where people just uh, strike poses and look a certain way and look into the air and look at their bees and dogs and smile and pose and you know that's essentially what it's for um and of course you know so it's a visual medium so yeah. um now i have understood that it is a necessity and uh, while initially i was struggling with what to post i have just realized that um i don't have um, the temperament or the time anymore to uh, engage in very controversial uh, discussions i have a sphere of influence where i am writing for certain communities you know people are reading me i'm trying to build myself as a brand having said that i do not want to engage beyond a certain point and i make i have content buckets i don't uh, you know uh, think too much in terms of how to build the build the personal brand but i have areas in which i post on twitter mm. and instagram and they are primarily in the uh, in the range of books or you know certain opinions that i i you know i choose to uh, have a intelligent discussion with with the people i follow and anmol anmol are you on snapchat um Okay, my my social media journey actually began with um, it was a platform called HiFi. I don't know if anybody remembers. Oh yeah, was ages ago. It was the cause of a lot of um, controversy because it had something called top friends, and everybody yeah. was like, "Are you? You're not in my top friend." Blah blah blah, and it was it was like basically middle school gone completely bad. Um, so I've gone through that whole phase of looking absolutely emo with my bangs coming into my eyes and you know those three fourth side um, profile pics. All that has happened, um, and then Facebook came along, and I think till I I think till Twitter and Facebook came along in my life. i had become fairly used to a lot of my friends leaving school and because uh, we started applying for universities um in different countries um and a lot of people stayed back in india a lot of people went to australia new zealand canada so basically all over the world and suddenly facebook emerged as this one way of keeping in touch so facebook and i would say skype though i know that's not social media but i would say facebook and skype was like the perfect marriage and suddenly conversations started happening on walls and people were leaving numbers and it was very nostalgic for me um i tried making a twitter account did not work out for me at all i still haven't got the hang of twitter i i don't know why i've got this mental block around it and um then came instagram which i kind of tried to stay away from from the longest time because when it first exploded on the scene people were just sharing photos of brunches that i couldn't have so i was just like it's better to just stay away um but then it became this whole thing and suddenly around the same time i started releasing work into the public space and what that did was i suddenly understood not just the power but the dynamics of 
how I was using social media changed. When you create something, you always tend to put in a lot of yourself in it. And suddenly I was on um, a very public platform and able to receive a lot of criticism and, you know, praises for what I was putting out there. And it was very new to me because the dynamic changed. Suddenly from becoming a very friendly space, it became a space where I had to kind of interact with people and say, look, this is my work. And this is what I was trying to, you know, say and speak. And everything started blending together. And I began to understand the power that social media has. It gives you a little platform. Like, you know, when you're in Hyde Park Corner, they have something called the Speaker's Corner, which is just an upturned box. And you can speak out your opinions into the world. Now that's available on your phone. And I thought that was pretty cool. All right. And tell us about uh, the lockdown, the internet, uh, social media and you. (laughs) You've all had different experiences that you've written about. Uh, Tell us, you know, in a sentence or a little bit what inspired it. Uh, Let's begin with Anmol. Okay. (laughs) What what inspired my little piece in the in HD brunch? What I I'm so sorry to put this out there in a podcast that everybody's going to listen to, but honestly, I used it to stalk my crushes initially because I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so cool. I'll tell you what, though, you know, boys don't post much, which is very frustrating. <laughs> so you kind of have to keep going through their tags. And I don't do this as much now, but I think a good five, six years ago, I did. And I did stalk a crush really, really hard. And I knew stuff about them that I shouldn't have. Uh, and it came out in a public setting. So that was a bit embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but the story was uh, based on my sister, actually, because, you know, sometimes you'll be sharing stuff with your best friends and saying, hey, look at this story. And then you like, just be very catty about it. I don't yeah. like her dress. I don't like her nails. Oh, I wonder where she got the lipstick from. But what if you end up sending it to the person in question Because the bloody app goes through so many updates. You never know what's switching around. And that's exactly what the story is based on. That, you know, at the end of the day, human interaction can go wrong. And what was your sister's reaction to the piece, though? I think she laughed a lot. uh, But I I do believe she's going to take some sort of revenge on me in the week. I I don't know (laughs) when it's going to come, which is is what makes it a bit more scary. Lovely. (laughs) Let us know. (laughs) All right. Richa, what about you? Um, What is your experience with that? I'm just going to sidestep first and uh, comment on what Amol just said. I have, um, I understand about mercilessly using your family and especially your sisters as fodder. And which is why I dedicated my latest book to my sisters to appease them and tell them that, you know, darling, it's all good. Because, you know, every time I was speaking in an interview or talking about how I grew up, I grew up, I always vilified them, right? It makes for so, it, it means, you know, it's, it's funny Richa, that you grew up with Richa, three sisters. That's the acknowledgements page is there. It's like, I, I love you, mom, dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this once I just thought that I won't even leave it to the to the end. I'll get matters sorted as I start the book. I was like, here you go. Your acknowledgement is ready. And now let's just continue with this. So yeah, I think Amol, that's a good way to go. So and eventually the next book needs to be dedicated to her uh, to absolve you of this sin. So coming back to the um, pandemic. So, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, Karishma, every writer is sensitive to context, conversations, environment, you know, it. You don't feel it. It literally seeps through. I mean, you know, it it percolates deep within. You feel everything. Uh, And I must tell you that I am normally um, a decent enough person to be around. But during um, the pandemic, the initial months, I transformed into this uh, grouchy animal. 
all uh, kinds of i write humorously but uh, all sorts of levity had uh, deserted me when you're constantly chopping bhindis and having to deal with <laughs> online school and doing so many chores uh, nothing is funny anymore and then on the other hand you have these posts i remember anmol was abusing me through the uh, lockdown because she used to see all these you know this food being made what she didn't realize was this sweaty hound behind those pictures you know was cooking those things so uh, i i think it was the uh, a time of great upheaval just for everyone else because not only were we having to personally deal with a lot of things happening in our personal space it was about reinventing and you know repurposing work um, uh, school our living spaces but also there was so much of upheaval in the outside world and you cannot do much but you know soak in that trauma as well you're human and you absorb everything uh, so i don't think i had to stretch my imagination too far when it came to an idea because i saw it and firstly like a mole i yelped a little bit and bounded around with my daughter that you know i was being invited to ride by um ht and such wonderful people were involved and uh, immediately after all i needed to do was just raise my head and look around it was the photo was all around and rehana what about you so of course i share uh, richa's experience in many ways in being a little bit overwhelmed by this whole cult of productivity and all the banana breads and uh, all the films <laughs> being made and you know everyone being the best version of themselves in this conditions of adversity so no i i i was not that the best of times i'm not that so certainly not during the pandemic uh, but uh, i do remember uh, for vast periods of the pandemic looking at social media and i think we'd all gotten especially in a city like bombay we'd all gotten a little bit obsessed with the uh, with the skies and uh, there were pictures of the skies and sunsets and you know clouds because that's all we could see out of our little patches you know our little windows and if those of us lucky enough i don't have a balcony in my little bandra flat but uh, i was very very envious of um, uh, the outdoors of people who had access to the outdoors and uh, that was what was being posted i'm never too envious of uh, pictures of food and the like because uh, uh, luckily for me i am the world's worst cook but uh, i i have access to that but you know you you desire what you don't have at that point and social media at that point was full of people posting beautiful pictures of the skies and i kept wondering where i mean what are these views and uh, apart from that i think uh, part of me is a socialist part of me is a masochist and i don't allow myself to have a very good phone ever so <laughs> I, I, even if i had the view i wouldn't have a beautiful picture of it i have this cracked little screen a smudged uh-huh. lens and uh, very poor technical skills so i think uh, yes it it was just uh, a bit of being disoriented like most of the world and they're not really posting too much all right thank you so much uh, for your time and thank you so much for doing this thank you so much for putting me on the cover with richa and rehana which is a huge honor for me because i love their work Yes, bacteria is the root cause of a lot of diseases, but uh, there are a lot of fermented foods that have the good kind, and these have multiple health benefits. I mean, there's a reason why the world is turning to kimchi. But uh, when it comes to me, and when I think about fermented food, my mind immediately goes to akuni, which is a fermented soya bean paste that is used across the northeast, and there's also a version of it in Darjeeling called kinema. So it's got this really strong smell while uh, it's being cooked, but the umami flavor that it gives uh, to the dish, you know, whether it's meat or it can even be used in a vegetarian dish, it's totally worth it. and what isn't smelly 
but also gives a lovely smokiness to the dish is the anishi from nagaland and it's made with the fermented yam leaves and then there's the churpi which is essentially cheese which is fermented a little before it's mixed with chilies and onions or fresh bamboo shoot and used as a chutney or a dip but my favorite is the desi kimchi gundruk a fermented preparation of radish leaves and radish which is really popular in darjeeling and sikkim here's what hd branch columnist veer sangvi has to say about fermented foods suddenly probably for the first time in its existence bacteria are trendy it's a funny thing because i wrote a piece on sardo and many people wrote to me saying why haven't you mentioned the health benefits of sardo and i said what health benefits and they said it contains bacteria which is good for you well yes and no first of all all bacteria are not good for you most diseases are caused by bacteria When you say somebody has been food poisoned or food has spoiled it nearly always means bacteria so let's be clear bacteria are not always a good thing but yes there are good bacteria the bacteria of the lactobacillus family are one example those are the bacteria that will ferment your idli batter they'll ferment your dosa batter those the more importantly are the bacteria we use when we make dahi at home So yes those bacteria are good for you and they're probably good for your stomach too which is why our ancestors used to ask us to eat dahi first thing in the morning but remember with all these misconceptions about bacteria that heat destroys bacteria so nobody sells you a masala dosa as a health food because yes bacteria were used in the fermentation of the dough but there was no bacteria still left alive by the time the dosa was made It's the same thing with sardo. Yes, sardo is a bacterial bread in the sense that you use bacteria instead of commercial yeast, but it's not a bread that's a health bread. The bacteria is killed in the oven. So yeah, sure, we should all understand how bacteria help us, and many bacterial foods do help us. But let's not fall for all this trendy crap or hey, all bacteria is good. Life is never that simple. <music> for the temptation to fly off to the hills or the beach for months now being someone who's not had the opportunity to venture out to alibag or lonavla like most people i know but i'm busy dreaming of the hills like i mentioned a few episodes ago my first trip post covid has to be shillong followed by some other parts of meghalaya of course before exploring nagaland and arunachal pradesh and hopefully also catch up with some of our friends there and maybe even bump into the likes of uh, musicians like Taba Chake as far as international destinations are concerned i do have a list but it's planned around music festivals which uh, aren't happening right now so that'll have to wait but listen on for hd branch columnist seema goswami's list of travels i guess it was bound to happen After driving to nearby resorts for mini breaks, we are now rapidly running out of holiday destinations. We've made multiple trips to Jaipur. We've holidayed in Agra in the shadow of the Taj. We've even ventured forth to Alwar, a brand new destination for me. But now after a couple of months, we are kind of exhausted the possibilities when it comes to driving holidays. 
which is why I guess my thoughts are inevitably turning to the kind of vacations we used to take before COVID hit. Here are just some of the destinations that I dream of and that I miss with an almost visceral twist of the gut. First on the list is London, which over the years has become almost like a second home to me. There's a certain familiarity to walking through St. James's Park, to looking at the canvases at the National Gallery, or even going food shopping at Marks and Spencer or Waitrose. I simply can't wait to do it all over again. If London was like a second home, then Bangkok is like a parallel universe in which I would have liked to live in another life. Over the past couple of decades, I have seen the city transform from a somewhat sleepy, sometimes seedy destination into a sleek, skyscraper-strewn, shimmering capital with world-class shopping, amazing food and friendly people who never seem to stop smiling. This is probably the first place I'm going to head to when international travel is finally on the cards. Then there is the Maldives. When the Delhi winter gets at its toughest, my thoughts inevitably turn to the Maldives for its golden beaches, turquoise skies and azure blue waters. I'm even willing to let the sea breeze do its worst with my hair, such as my desire to go back and bathe in the warm waters of the lagoon. Speaking of lagoons, how could I forget the most spectacular of them all? Venice. I was fortunate enough to first discover it in the depths of winter, when there weren't hordes of tourists ruining the city, and ever since then it has held a special place in my heart. But then so has all of Italy. There are so many destinations that I long to go back to. Rome with its magnificent monuments, Siena with its cobbled streets, San Gimigiano with its dreaming spires, the shimmering waves that lap the beaches of Liguria, the stunning vistas that you see from the Amalfi coast. The world is calling out to me and I can't wait to head out to explore it anew. I remember the first time I met musician Achyut Anand in Gurgaon. He was a student at the music school where I was teaching and his were the classes I would love to linger outside of and listen for a few minutes at least. Today, the Gurgaon-based pianist has started his own newsletter called Music Monthly, through which he addresses issues he is seen as a student, music teacher and performing artist. He's also come out with a new single, Along Came You, featuring Shashank Singhanya. And he's also a part of Innerlab. We got him to play a version of his debut single, Decipher, for us. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Archit and you're listening to my debut single, Decipher. It is a song composed after countless discussions about what 2020 had in store for all of us. A year that was plagued with uncertainty and how it compelled us to decipher the mystery that is life.
Have a great Sunday brunch. The weekend is when you take a break from a hectic week, whether it's work from home or work from work. It's also a day to develop perspective on things by not just consuming news, but also analyzing it by listening to different points of views and figuring out what you feel about it. We hope we've been able to do just that with today's HD Brunch podcast. Feel free to give us feedback and suggestions on HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or DM us directly at HD Brunch on Instagram and Twitter. To listen to more podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. I will see you back here next weekend with another dose of entertainment that keeps things real. Till then, happy brunching guys. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.